the football pod. Conor Moore said that in punditry today, that colour, wit and enthusiasm is missing. Tune into the football pod. <laughs> Paddy Anders and James Dunne will bring it for you. Subscribe to the football pod wherever you get your podcasts. All right, it is Champions Cup final weekend. We will, of course, have full live commentary of Saturday's game between Leinster and La Rochelle right here on Off the Ball. And to talk about that and uh, lots of other things, I've been delighted to be joined in studio by Dan Levy. How are you keeping, Dan? Very well. Thanks very much. For I was happy me. to see you coming. Not every not every guest arrives in studio with a bottle of whiskey and a beautiful bottle of whiskey yeah. uh, in tow. This is your very own whiskey. Yeah, yeah. Um, so been a product of probably the last four years um so no, this is uh, called ohm whiskey and it's, whiskey. it's very much a, a family business absolutely yeah so um the plan is to try get a distillery down on the family farm down in castletown gagan and uh, westmeath um it's myself my brother adam who used to play uh with the sevens team my dad uh, donald and uh, doug Ledden, one of our good mates and um yeah it's just been a project we've been tipping along um for last couple of years uh we went through two retirements and uh, uh and a worldwide pandemic in the middle of it so it took a lot longer than we had expected um but we're very very happy with the product now and we're we're selling online at uh, ownwhiskey.com and we're we're very close to finishing our first release so we're very happy yeah there's obviously a lot of whiskeys on the market at the moment mm. so the design of the bottle is crucial uh yeah how much time do you spend thinking about that because it does look nice it looks great yeah um a lot of time um i'm not the create most creative as well so that was not my you're the t- uh, you're the no. uh, taster i'm just yeah i'm a taster yeah um no but um, my dad and my brother are both incredibly creative and they're very very meticulous with how it looked and how it felt and we're very very happy with our product um, a lot of effort went into it yeah uh, when you walked in uh, we won't lie the first comment is what's going on with the hair what's going on with the hair what is going you, on with the hair you said you liked it when I uh, no, that was one of the uh, producers yeah, well, I, 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 think right. I think it looks alright but uh, it feels like it's it's uh, it's heading somewhere like, yeah, it's heading somewhere anyway, yeah, yeah. where's it going um yeah, just I've always kind of wanted to have long hair. Um, used to play number seven. It's pretty attritional. Um, if I had any way long hair, I'd just be all over the place. So uh, when I retired, I just kind of started growing it out. Definitely need to get a trim too. So you haven't cut your hair since you retired? No, I haven't, no. Let's uh, analyse what that means. Whiskey and no cutting of hair. How are you dealing with retirement? Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, I see what you're doing there. All right. Um, no, listen, it's um, I'm, I'm, I'm doing okay. I mean... I had kind of a slow, gradual uh, fizzle out from professional rugby, so um, I had the big injury probably coming up to four years, maybe a little bit over four years ago. Um, and then I had two seasons, I had 18 months of rehab uh, during COVID, which was a long, hell of a long road. And then I had two seasons of trying to come back from it. Um, unbelievably frustrating. Um, poured my heart and soul into it and just my body just wasn't wasn't there um there's just too much damage in that initial injury so um it gave me own particularly gave me something to work on in the in the background and and um to keep myself ticking over and and you know when i ultimately did have to retire it was you know the decision was taken out of my hands but it was almost a kind of a bit of relief um because you know as an athlete you're kind of taught to always dig in dig in and you know, if, if if the decision was up to me, I could have still been playing. So um, it's kind of nice on, on that regard after the initial kind of shock mm. of it. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm very happy. I said a few product projects on the go and I'm um, obviously pushing the whiskey now as well, which is which is amazing. And I've 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 learned so much and had a great journey so far. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy. It's interesting you bring that up that interview with Joe, because 
we were talking off air about that same day we were at an event uh, just pre-World Cup and I remember talking to you at that and it was in front of a crowd but I remember coming back going, she's like, don't remember talking to a player who was out injured and it was a very serious injury yeah who was so publicly down about the injury it, it felt like you, you couldn't hide your frustration and your disappointment now that's four years ago in yeah, the yeah. three years in between did you did you have to develop coping mechanisms as to how you got through each step of each injury um no i i, th- I think i'm kind of fundamentally a very positive person uh, which was definitely a big help um, I know when you have long term injuries a lot of people struggle with them but um, I just tried to break it down as much as I could into small little goals every six weeks I'd have a few goals and then I'd, take it, I'd, I'd work my ass off and take a small break and kind of try to break it up like that um, it is a lonely, it's definitely a lonely road um, I just found while, the, while I was, was injured and basically doing my own thing missed a full season uh, it was tough to watch the team, particularly you know Leinster and Ireland do so well. Uh, in my Would you absence. go in? I always remember Luke Fitzgerald been in the studio, and again, someone who was dogged for so long with injuries, and mm. he would talk brilliantly about that balance he would try and get. Of he loved being around the lads, but he didn't like being around the lads when he felt he couldn't help them, and he also was so aware of I don't want to be a negative influence in any dressing room where I know I can't play, and trying to strike yeah. that balance of being there, <clears throat> but being a positive presence when you are there. Yeah, I mean, it is definitely a balancing act. Um, you know, for the length of time I was out, um, I didn't want to be moping around the building that long. So I'd either come in very, very early and get my stuff done or come in quite quite late. Um, I was pretty flexible with my time. Um, but yeah, I mean, even like, you know, you know, a couple of dudes in, in the setup now, like I know Johnny's, you don't want to be in and you know, putting your influence on a team that you mightn't be involved in. So you want to help and give your, you know, your presence and help at the scouts or whatever like that. But ultimately, at the end of the day, you're not playing these games. So what's the point of leading, you know, like if you take the whole leading and take the leadership group and then you're not playing, it kind of leaves a void. So it's, you know, you have to you have to look to everyone else on the team and in those leadership roles to kind of step up. And um, yeah, I, I definitely took my, uh, you know, took a step back for probably the first year and as things started to ramp up I got integrated integrated again and got, started going back to the meetings um, started voicing my opinions and trying to help the group again but it's kind of yeah that, there's that kind of tricky balancing act definitely The early retirements are becoming a little bit too common and you know James mm-hmm. Tracy is in this studio now every week and he's becoming a really good analyst you've moved into this do Leinster have good processes in place yeah. What sort of process is in place for guys who are in their mid-twenties who have staked a huge amount on this career? What processes are in place to make sure that you come out the other side in a good place? There's a lot. I mean, Leo uh, and the whole kind of Leinster coaching um, <coughs> setup and ticket always kind of push off-field betterment and kind of development. Um, I mean, if you look at some of the players and the business opportunities that are going on, you have all the guys, um, Shawnee, Dave, Rob, and Jamie all involved in the, the bars that are mm. doing so well, the bridge, um, Duke and now the Black Rock. Um, you got Ross Byrne, Starfolio, Caelan Doris, um, Exceeds, Jordan Larmer, Sigmoid and Vac, um, Taste of George. So there's a lot of entrepreneurial guys and it's great to have that kind of support and have... Um, that kind of aspect of life pushed by by your your coaches, which 
I'd say probably back, you know, ten or fifteen years would probably be the other way around where they'd say it's interfering here at rugby. But we've got a lot of time. You train hard Monday, Tuesday, and usual week you'd probably have a Wednesday or a light day on Friday. So there is time to um to do other things and and um I was lucky that I had had Ohm always tipping along in the background and kind of not nicely kind of coincided with um you know it's no good time to retire this early but you know yeah that's the culture part of it as well in a successful club like Leinster of on that Wednesday what is everybody doing yeah all your peers are going off and bettering themselves and further education Mm. and as you say being entrepreneurial it's a bit of pressure on you to to keep up with that yeah yeah I mean like I think in the academy now pretty much everyone in the academy is doing some sort of um degree um which is great um it's particularly you know when you're earlier in your career and you mightn't be you mightn't be at the international or the you know european level of rugby so there are opportunities to kind of get ahead of the curb a little bit and credit to the, even emma burrows who's who's um and simon kyo who kind of run the rpi for leinster they're absolutely instrumental they're amazing um, I think when they came in at the start, people were a little bit reluctant to go in and kind of saw it as almost like a bit of a nag having to go in on the Wednesday. But um, I couldn't speak more highly of them. They're both doing an exceptional job and we're really, really lucky to have that r- r- resource. So you're done with rugby? Um, oh, I'll, I'll, I mean, I'm not going to coach it and I can't play anymore. Um, I'm not done Why with Why not this. coaching? Um, I don't know. I just, uh, I don't know. I... I I just kind of wanted a bit of a break. Um, I don't know. I kind of like having a bit of freedom, and just rugby is it's it's not a nine to five. It's twenty four seven, which I like. I like. I love watching it, and I've completely turned into a fan now, um, which I probably wasn't while I was playing. I, I I saw it as a job, and and I never go to a game unless I had to go or I was playing. Uh, but now, like I even you know some of the bigger games, I'm like really giddy to like even this weekend now, I'd be very giddy mm. to go to that. And I went to the French game. It's probably the first game I'd gone to as an actual supporter, um, which was obviously one of the best games uh, in the Six Nations, Ireland France. How did you find um, it? It, it was it was weird, mixed emotions. Definitely tough at the start. Um, seeing the anthem, seeing the buzz. That's that's what I live for. That's what I loved. Just going out and like giving it everything, emptying the tank and getting a win in front of your family and friends is always I absolutely love that uh, particularly in the green you know the green jersey um, and is there any what might have been or are you past that no I mean like I, I'm again I'm, I'm very forward thinking um, I'm not bitter about it you know like I'm, I used to play number 7 unbelievably attritional I used to play like a lunatic it's kind of you know live by the sword die with the sword and at, too know, much of a lunatic Oh yeah, well, you know that's, that speaks for itself. Um, but look, I've you know it is what it is. Um, I got to squeeze a hell of a lot into yeah. quite a short career. I did a lot of things. Would have loved to go to a World Cup and and compete there, and would have loved a Lions tour. But um, you know, I, I won a hell of a lot of things in a short career, and there I'll always have those memories and those accolades, and I'm very happy to have done them. Like that's it's such an interesting thing that. Like the way you played contributes to probably the speed of the end but yeah. you wouldn't have been the player you were without that or do you look back and think actually oh, I mean, I could have been the player I was and just toned it down in certain parts I just I, I never I never had that mindset um, 
probably in hindsight to my detriment but Will coaches ever have spoken to you about taking it easy <laughs> not taking it easy but listen long term you know oh god no they, like your coach wants what's 100% yeah they don't want you know 70% ever like if they're going to play 70% they won't play like so um, no I just I, I, I just used to <clears throat> every time I took the field I used to just you know give it everything and I I I would not be resentful, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't be pleased if I had a teammate that I knew wasn't giving everything, and I was. So that was just that was my mindset and that was my mentality. And could you have protected yourself better in any way? Like um, potentially. I mean, like you know, there's. It was kind of a freak accident. Um, you know, you can be the strongest person in the world if someone fires in off their feet the way um, your man did. Um, you're gonna get injured. Like that's that's simple simple facts. Um, I think world rugby are starting to get there with protecting players. Um, not to the degree I'd like, um, but there there there's a change, and I think you know player welfare is definitely getting more looked after, and it's pretty evident in all the red cards and whatnot we're seeing now these days. Are you bitter about the incident at all? Are you? Look, it's it's rugby. Like do you know, I like. It's just the way my life, you know, turned out. I'm not, I'm not bitter. Um, but like some kind of message or some kind of outreach would have been, I think, a respectful kind of, you know, pretty, you know, standard thing to do. I know if I if I'd heard someone, I'd always message them if there's even if there's no intent, right. no intent behind it or so anything. So you get in touch with players after games and say, well, if if I heard some lad like that, I 100 yeah. would, yeah, or I'd go in and shake hands and say I'm sorry, whatever, you know, it's it's rugby, but like you know guess a career end injury not even like a I don't I don't know that's a bit of a, a scummy move I'd say you mentioned being a number 7 uh, 28 year old Dan Levy is still fully fit and rampaging around the place uh, the Josh van der Fleer trajectory is that a very different thing um, I think it's just exposure at the highest level um, you know Josh has always been you know an incredible player it's kind of it was kind of seesawing between me and him for quite a while he'd be injured I'd play very well um, I'd be injured he'd play very well so um, credit to him man he is he is really really developed he's he's even the impact he had on, uh, in the Munster game I think he had three turnovers he was on after 10 minutes was just I was really really impressed by him um, but yeah I mean like he, he's he been sensational he's really grown into it and now you can see other players you know, Kalen, how good he's been, how dominant he's been, how much Jack's come on, Ryan Baird's come on. So like it's it's infectious and um yeah, I think I think they look look really strong and hopefully they can get the job done now this week. The likes of Baird and Doris, when you see them sort of coming through Academy and starting to break through, uh, would you have been pretty good of knowing which are the ones that would get to the very yeah. top level? I think so. Um you can always kind of see it in them. It doesn't like physic like so in terms of how physical they are, they're big guys. That's probably one of the. If you want to get to the top level, you have to be in, in rugby. You have to be a big guy. Um, so if they have the if they have the the skeleton and the, the frame to put on muscle, you'd mm. kind of spot them a little bit earlier. And um, if you look at Ryan Baird, he's always been a freak athlete. Like he was just like very very outstanding in his physical attributes so he was kind of earmarked quite early I think Caelan was always a great player probably not um, 
he's he's still an absolute horse of a man, but he's not he's not on, on Berdo's level. But like even when I was, I was I was laughing actually about it, even in my last kind of year when I was training, we used to, we used to train against Sam Prendergast quite a lot, and he was obviously eight, he was eighteen mm. at the time, but I di- I didn't know how young he was. I just thought he was a kind of a dangly. Yeah. And I was I, I remember coming out of one of my last trains and say that lad's good. I was like that lad's very good. He could he could have a what did he have. He's just like he was just ballsy and confident, and like you can see it. He's like, the first, I think it was his first start down in South Africa, mm. and he got man of the match and throwing offloads, throwing dump, like giving like amazing dummies. And he's just one of these guys that can kind of command a game. And I, I, I didn't, I had no idea he was 18, but I was just like that lad, big, kind of tall, wiry guy, has a lot of potential to put on a bit of weight and size and strength and stuff as well. So I just thought he was, I thought he was pretty impressive. And, um, Two years later, I see him as you know, you know, star in the twenties team mm. uh, to really make me feel old. So um, yeah, I think you can definitely spot them. And there's guys that just have a little bit about them, a little bit aggressive, a little bit bigger, faster, stronger. So yeah, uh, they talk about Ross Byrne and Michaels the same way that he was just that star. He was the guy, he was the undoubted star on that that school's that that school's team. Yeah, he um, he was just like he's the same player he is now back then. Right. He was just so were you in the same year in school. He was a year below me. Right. Um, but there was a lot of on that team um, in the 2012 team, the Mike's team that won it. There was myself, Roy O'Loughlin, uh, Keen Kelleher, Ross Byrne, Ross Maloney, Nick McCarthy, uh, Josh Murphy. Adam, Adam Levy, my brother. It's a, a hell of a lot of professionals. Probably yeah. forgetting one or two there as well. Half a dozen. Um, yeah, there was a school team. Yeah, so it was. Um, yeah, he. Sorry, back to Ross. I mean, he's just his control, his composure. Um, he's just been. He's always been like that, and um, I think he was a little bit uh, scapegoated. Actually, extremely scapegoated in the run up to the World Cup. It's probably four years ago, was it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in that England game. Um, which was an absolute poison chalice <coughs> that he started that because Ireland were in uh, training camp in Portugal, absolutely flogged. England had played their second warm-up game at home, ready to kill Ireland after winning the Grand Slam the year before. A lot of pu- a lot of lads pulled out of that team um, before the match as well, and he kind of got all of the blame, which is I thought really unfair. Um, and he's been playing away with Leinster ever since, and he's just been slowly getting better and better and now like he hops into a European Leinster team and he doesn't look out of place he looks unbelievably comfortable mm. and um, hopefully now it'd be amazing for him to be able to orchestrate um, a Leinster victory now this weekend because that is such <coughs> a difficult thing for him to have to deal with alright he can go back into the bosom of Leinster where you are a little bit away from the spotlight but when you have that big day for Ireland and it goes badly wrong you say the criticism that comes to play for your country is at a totally different level and you don't have a time to fix it quickly and also you're living your entire life in the shadow of Johnny Sexton and everybody watching every game you saying well Johnny would do this and Johnny would do that it's a fairly unique place in Irish sport that he, he's had to live through over the last three or four years yeah it's, it is definitely a unique position um, if you think about how long and how well Johnny's been playing for um, it was always it's probably tough for him to play kind of second fiddle uh, for so long, but I mean, he's took it in a stride. Um, you know, his ability now to just hop in um, and just 
deliver whenever even the last couple of seasons not even just this season mm. but there's you know Johnny picked up a little soft tissue a couple of times Ross hops in the semi-final plays incredibly well so that's just a testament to the guy um, his composure and leadership and as I said he's been he's been kind of out of the the, the spotlight for quite a while um, out of favour with the coaches but I was absolutely thrilled for him getting that kick against Australia because he's been doing that for years mm. for Leinster and just not on the stage and um, I was absolutely thrilled and like off the back of it now he's you know pretty you know, firmly asserted there as a number two um, potentially number one if, if Johnny was, wasn't available yeah. yeah because even that in itself for somebody like Ross Byrne who's been so talented all through his life has always been the number one yeah. to be the number two when your mindset needs to be actually I'm the best if you're if you're the number ten in the international team and you're the kicker, it's it's a very you know we see what's probably going on with Joey Carberry at the moment. It's very difficult not to be the main man and yeah. be the backup. Well, you're not the main man until you are. Mm. Um, it just it's just the way it goes, and I think a lot of the time if you get an opportunity to play for a coach and you go in and do a really good job, they're not going to drop you unless something exceptional is going on. You know, maybe someone. Who might who mightn't have been starting below you is just playing too good to drop, or you must have like a pretty shocking game or a poor game that that you know um, constitute a, a swap. So um, I think you know, as I said, Ross is just an incredibly mature um, player, and um, for him to be able to just come in and hop in like the way it is has and take the reins like that is pretty impressive. It's a huge game. On Saturday, like we spent so long over the last couple of years talking about Leinster as being the standard bearers of excellence in so many parts of in Irish sport, and if they were to lose again in the Champions Cup final, that conversation shifts oh, completely for the course of the summer <coughs> to you know questions of bottle, questions of on the big occasion why they can't deliver. You're right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, pointing towards that one there. Yeah, but yeah. that like that, uh, you were at the final last year, I think, were you? Yeah. Yeah. Tough. So you've. The the loss to Munster in the URC, you mm-hmm. know, I, I saw the comments this week of you know they don't put the badges for winning URC on your jersey. But <laughs> it's, it's not quite at the it's same. True. It's it's not quite at, maybe they should need to start and give it a bit more importance. But uh, that extra added pressure of we've been the dominant side domestically for so long, <sighs> been so good on every occasion except when it's mattered against these French teams in big finals. Yeah. Um I mean, like, they've lost the last two finals, so, mm. like, the pressure is kind of, you know, what you make of it. I think, I don't really think these guys would be, you know, certainly myself as a player, I didn't listen to the media. I don't really care what the media says. And a lot of the players are very similar with that. Um, that's just kind of like side stories. They're unbelievably ambitious, driven, um, tough group. Um, and, you know, I was in that change room. It was it was sickening last year. Um Particularly, like they they dominated quite a lot of the game, and just one or two inaccuracies cost them. And um, you know they'll rue a couple of opportunities they missed and squandered. But look, they uh, pressure. I mean, they've lost the last two years against La Rochelle. It is an external thing. I think the fact they're at home is an amazing advantage. Because um, I was in Marseille last year, and the La Rochelle fans are something else. They are incredible, and it's just hot. You know, very very hot day unbelievably loud vocal fans it felt like a La Rochelle home game so hopefully it's a nice cool wet evening in uh, Viva and uh, in um, packed with Leinster fans yeah a lot of 
the reaction to last year was the physicality that La Rochelle had in that pack and particularly Will Skelton the Leinster response they bring in Jason Jenkins it's probably had maybe a, a different effect than was expected where he's probably not going to start on Saturday but actually James Ryan it feels has kicked on to a whole other level in his physicality over the past year how would you see that? Um, yeah I think James has been absolutely incredible this year um, he obviously burst onto the scene in 2018 2019 and he was just you know he was a bit of a live wire very athletic and I think he was kind of like almost putting on a bit of weight and getting used to his frame again and you know he's absolutely massive for Leinster in Ireland now um, physically I think <clears throat> he looks you know he looks like he's moving really well but he's also very very strong and even that, that kind of small help in the scrum with that extra weight is it is massive so um, he'll be amazing I think Ross Maloney again has been huge for Leinster um, I think he's been you know he's very very valuable to this team uh, plays you know pretty much every game for them um, calls the line outs big leader um, and I think Jenkins as well I think I think he's come in and I think at the start of the season particularly got into a really good run of form had one injury I think and but he's back now scoring a lot of tries looks he looks really good as well so it's good it's good that they have all those options um, and yeah going to be very similar to game to last year. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's just going to be one of these things. It's cup rugby. Um, it's going to be one of these things that, like, it's going to be on a knife edge. One, one or two, you know, <clears throat> one or two opportunities squandered, or you know, you could get a bit of excellence like Raymond Rule running in, mm. try from the halfway. Um, bit of ill discipline, which we've seen. Yeah, or exceptional at taking advantage of. Yeah, yeah. Um, Yako is the is a ref. Is probably not. Um, wouldn't be my favourite thing to hear as well go on um, boy I don't know I just I, I think he's pretty you know I think probably see a few cards and stuff and they might be warranted but I'd just be a little bit worried um, but yeah look it's it, it's going to be an absolute cracker you know both teams absolutely star studded um, I think it will be I think I think Lenser will win um, I think the fact is in the Aviva is, is massive Um a huge huge advantage um, even that when the Toulouse came around um, I thought that was going to be a really close game and they just blew them mm. away they were really been, they was, I was extremely impressed by that um, so I think obviously La Rochelle will play slightly differently um, but you know I think if Leinster can get into their top gear they'll be they'll be quite difficult to beat will they let you in the dressing room again on Saturday I don't think I want to go in uh, to the dressing room Uh Obviously, a lot of my best mates are in there, and I'll be I'll be cheering on with the Lancer Lunatics. But uh, I'll probably cash them later on in the evening. Bring the bottle of whiskey in, and you yeah. literally go wherever the hell you yeah, want. Exactly. Uh, thanks a million for coming in, Dan. Uh, it is his very own Ohm Irish whiskey and ohmwhiskey.com. Uh, it's nearly sold out, though. Yeah, the first very run. close. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, hopefully done now this evening. Very quick. All right. Well, enjoy yeah, the weekend. Yeah. Thanks very much.